0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Henry Reed, R-E-E-D.com, linked up at coasttocoastam.com. He was with me about a year ago. Henry, good to have you back.
1: Well, thank you very much, Miss Honora. I'm really grateful to be able to come back and tell your folks about what's happened since I talked to them all last year.
0: Okay, because you've been doing a lot of work and dreams, haven't you?
1: Well, I have uh, m- many, many years. Uh, starting back in the 70s, um, was inspired by an artist named James Terrell, who's a pretty big time these days. He was a fraternity brother of mine in Pomona College. And uh, back then, he was just living an incredible life, and I asked him how he figured out to do all these things, and he told me it was because of his dreams, and he started encouraging me to remember mine. So that was the way I got started. And then I uh, happened to be invited to come to the Edgar Casey Center in, Vir- in Virginia Beach yep. when I was teaching at Princeton.
0: Great people.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. And uh, the first night there, I had an incredible dream about an, uh, an approach to doing research and to enlightenment. And it involved us dancing in a circle, and each of us was showing one another some kind of a symbol. And it created this big fountain of sparks that lit up our space. And I knew this somehow this research circle, this dream dance, has something to do with a special way of researching into enlightenment. And uh, I held that for some time. And they had invited me to come up to their children's camp, and I had put up, created from one of the dreams I had, a special tent for kids to sleep in the dream, the dream tent for a visionary dream. Hmm. And uh, since I was called the dream man there at camp, kids would come up to me and tell me their dreams, and I started noticing something very interesting was happening. While Johnny was spending the day down there at the, at the Dream Tent in isolation doing the various preparations, everybody could see him and they knew what, why he was there or he was going to have a dream. Other people would come to me the next day and tell me their dreams, and I would start picking up and realizing that these kids were somehow wanting to help Johnny and were tuning in vicariously in their dreams to support whatever he was up to. And I started talking to Bob Bandicastle, who had been a subject in some very famous Dream ESP experiments at Maimonides Hospital that was run by um, uh, Montague Altman and Stanley Krippner. And Robert Bandicastle, who was a psychologist himself, would go to sleep in the Dream Laboratory, and they would have somebody else staying up all night looking at some kind of a picture
0: Huh, trying to monitor him, I guess.
1: Right, and then the next day, uh, they'd have Bob's dreams out. They'd bring in some judges. They'd show them a whole bunch of pictures and see if the judges could pick out the picture that this person was looking at all night. And that's a very famous series of studies that's had a lot of credibility. But I knew Bob personally, and he told me about something that was not in the research. It wasn't published or discussed. And that was that often the person who was staying up all night looking at a picture would uh, respond to some of Bob's dreams as they were revealing personal things about them. It had nothing to do with the pictures. And Bob said, I thought the people were more interesting than the pictures that they were looking at. And that made me this idea, maybe we could do what the kids were doing spontaneously. Maybe we could do it on purpose. And so we tried that and got a group of people together. And this was way back in the early 70s. And explained the process that we're going to ask for a couple of volunteers. And you have some kind of a pressing problem. We don't know. We don't want to know what it is. And we're going to form a circle of people around you who will promise to remember a dream for you tonight. And that's how we started. And there were two groups and very different sets of dreams, but that were very relevant to the two people. And what's it been like almost 40 years since then? We've been practicing it, doing it many, many times. It's been written about a number of of different uh, books and articles and so on. And it wasn't too long ago that one of the things that, really impressed me. I mean, the dream ESP aspect is kind of a hook, especially you oh, know, sure. for your listeners.
0: That's powerful.
1: But the other thing that was coming out of it was that it was allowing people who normally wouldn't remember dreams to, to have a dream recall. And somebody came and studied that, you know, and showed, gosh, the, the dream recall goes way up in people when they participate in this. It's sort of like an altruism thing. You, you reach out and you're going to help somebody And the only way you can do it is with your dream and you, darn it, you do remember a dream. So it's proved to be for, we've had people say, oh, I've never remembered a dream in a long time. I don't think this will work for me. I said, well, if you sincerely want to be in the circle to help this person and you promise to remember, very likely you will. And they come back and say, my goodness, I didn't believe it, but I did remember a dream. And that was an un, how would you say, an unanticipated extra benefit of this. For a long time, we thought the main purpose of the circle was to prove ESP. When you can put it to a practical purpose and get people's hearts involved Mm -hmm. in altruism, we can prove ESP over and over and over again. And if we'd want to talk about how we would do that in terms of the scientific way with these circles, I could get into that. But as we interviewed people over the years the ESP thing seemed to be less important to them. It was the bonding that was going on in the group, the surprise that people could tune in on this, the person who was being dreamed for feeling so touched that people would make that effort and that could see into their lives Hmm. in those kind of ways that we thought this is really kind of an important thing for bonding people and growing empathy in strangers and whatnot. And then we discovered it was my wife, who did this? It was maybe about five years ago. We've been, all these dream circles in the past had been done in person and usually with me giving a big pep talk about it. Right. And then somebody maybe going home and trying it or what have you. Well, we're out here in the country, we're farmland, very, very uh, sparse population. My wife said, I wonder if this stuff would work out with the farm people. And she said, I'm going to go get some folks together and see if this would work. Well, it did, and then they wanted to do it again. But it was such a big deal to get everybody together one night, you know, to get together, decide who they're going to dream for, then to get together the next day to discuss all of the dreams. So she said, I wonder if we could set this up by email. So they did, they set it up by email, they decided who they would dream for, and then they, got, they just had to get together once the next day to discuss the dreams, hmm. and it worked just as well.
0: It bypassed the circle,
1: but it worked. Yeah, exactly, and nobody knew, you know, knew it, so I said, let's try that with some strangers, and it worked again, and then that's when I got huh. onto your show.
0: I, all right, that was back in June of last year.
1: Right. Okay. And what I was offering, and I'm offering it again this time, if people write to me at henry at henryreed.com, I have a free book I'll send them. It, it's an e book, 90, 90 pages. It describes the whole process and so on and gives the instructions of the emails. Now, this is what's really incredible. We've shown now that anybody that can send out emails and then receive responses back and collate them